Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Welcome back to another episode of the Hovercast, where we talk everything film, TV, video games, and conspiracy theories. I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm your host, Reese Jones. I uh, hope everyone had a lovely Easter um, holidays, and uh, we did, yeah. So I had a couple of uh, a couple of uni friends stay around mine um, for the Easter weekend, went out drinking, uh, <laughs> walking, seen, seen, seen the beautiful sights of Wales, <laughs> of yeah. uh, Swansea. Oh, it's a good time. It's a good time. Taking like, um, a walk down memory lane, wasn't it? Like back yeah, to Swansea University, the, the, which was the, fun. The member berries, nostalgic feeling. Um, <laughs> don't eat the memories. Don't meet the memories. Uh, and so we're back this week to uh, back with new episode this week. We're going to be covering um, the the iconic um, revolutionary uh, Batman in nineteen eighty nine, starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Um, and this is kind of a run up to our to the Flash coming out in June, which is going to be um, where you know Michael Keaton's going to be uh, reprising his role as uh, Bruce Wayne Batman through that. So um, and that's going to be like following on from Batman and Batman Returns. We thought, you know what, let's go back and review Batman and Batman Returns. So uh, this is going to be the first one, and then we will be reviewing Batman Returns um, in the coming weeks as well. Um, and also we've got some news to talk about as well. So obviously at the start, you can find Instagram, Instagram.com slash Hovercovicast, Twitter at Hovercovicast, and Facebook at Hovercovicast. You can also email us, Hovercovicast at gmail.com. Uh, please like, share, follow, and a review if you enjoyed this episode. Um, we've talked about some news this, this week, and there's been quite a lot of news. So I've been like, okay, a lot yeah. has happened. So obviously we are starting celebration. That uh, took place last East uh, last week in Easter weekend, um, and then um, uh, basically HBO Max merged into Max, and they announced a lot of new titles as well. So um, yeah, it's been quite a busy, busy, busy um, week for news. But I think we should obviously start off with you know our favorite franchise on this podcast, and that's is Star Wars. Um, the Star Celebration took place in London uh, last last weekend. So many announcements, and uh, yeah, very very obviously surprises as well. Um, and I think, I mean, what did you think? Do you think it was a really good like like? Obviously, we didn't go, but when like see all these announcements, were you like surprised? Well, I forgot it was on. So I, I didn't sort of like realize it was on until like these announcements started coming out and you know we got sort of like new um Star Wars Visions Volume Two trailer yeah. is out. Yeah. Um Star Wars Ahsoka. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I, and I think like some new, new sort of like trailers for um Jedi Survivor as well. So yeah, it's like Yeah, really yeah. Uh, so, so we got obviously there's, there's been like some more details about shows that we know that are in development in development, but then there's been some free surprises as well. Um I think really like starting off, I think the biggest I think the right, so I'm gonna say talk about like what I I think was my fate was my obviously my favorite part was obviously the Ahsoka trailer. Yeah. Um I think that trailer is really, really good. And um 
and then they, obviously <laughs> when the trailer was showing and we didn't see Fawn but we see the back of his head back we? of him but then we yeah. were like oh who's gonna pay Fawn and I thought oh okay it, they might actually say that to like a, a you know kind of like a re- big reveal yeah but actually they turned you know obviously I think they kind of wanted to bring obviously wanted more a lot of people the seats on sofa watching Soka so it was like you know what uh, Lars Mikkelsen is reprising his role as Fawn, which I think is absolutely great because yeah, Lars Mikkelsen, yeah. um, he's able to play these kind of cold, calculated encounters, which obviously Fawn is. Yeah. And I cannot wait to hear him actually speak in the Fawn voice. Um, oh my God. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So that trailer is amazing. We got a look at um, obviously Sabine Wren, um, Ezra Hira. Bridger, yeah. Yeah, Hira. Um, and also we've got to look at like some dark um, uh, force users, dark side force users, like using what it looks like orange lightsabers. Mm. So that's going to be interesting um, and how they're going to be tied in as well. And then we've got the, um, what was it? The world, world between worlds, that kind of yeah. part there as well. So, but I'm looking forward to this, but I think like the core part of it is obviously going to be focused on Ahsoka. I think it's yeah. really about her journey and these and these rebel characters are going to be um obviously it's gonna be like B plot, well. I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's Dave Filoni basically bringing these characters that he created and he loved into you know, bringing them into live action. And yeah, this is literally gonna be his like, you know, his um oh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, like, like a magnum opus, I guess. Magnum opus, it? yeah, that's basically what describing yeah. it. So I'm looking forward to it. It's coming out in August. Um I haven't got a release date yet, but you know, it's August. Uh, so I'm I quite glad about that. Um, and then we got some um, more details about Skeleton Crew, Star Set, Skeleton Crew. We had some uh, announcements of directors. And um, I'm actually looking forward to a show as well. I think it's a different, they're doing what they did in Andor, kind of a different direction. So it's kind of focusing like young kids in live action in um in the galaxy but i think it's going to be a bit more like mature than like you know typical you know like kids star wars this isn't going to be the ewoks uh series remember that the film yeah caravan of carriage and all that stuff yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's not gonna it's not gonna be like that it's just gonna be i think it's gonna be very mature kind of like maybe quite like um yeah well they, they sort of like initially they said they wanted something like stranger things didn't they yeah yeah which is yeah it's like meant to be sort of like for a younger sort of audience but it has that sort of like edge to it i guess yeah exactly there's like maturity to it as well mm. um and uh, yeah so they'll see um second season of andor being announced is coming out next year i think about about um september no i think next summer 2024 the bad batch will be basically wrapping up with the third and final season, which we release next year as well. Um, so yeah, we knew that there's going to be renewed. And I think uh, time and finishing it with three seasons, I think it's good. Yeah. Um, and uh, we actually, and then um, we actually had some, some, some surprises as well in the, the film side. So, um, oh, obviously, I forgot to talk about the ac- Acolyte. So the Acolyte, they said there's a mix between, oh, what was it? Kill Bill and Frozen. That's basically what I heard. <laughs> so, look, I'm looking forward to this. This is very different than what we see in Star Wars. It's, you know, this isn't set between 
uh, three and four or you know during the Mando kind of timeline. This is going to be way, way back. So it's going to be interesting to get, get introduced to new characters and a very brand new setting, which, I mean, I don't know a lot about the High Republic stuff. Like, I haven't read, like, I think I've read, like, the first book, like, the, um, yeah, came out for that. But, I mean, they're posting, posting a lot on this era of Star Wars, so in the Star Wars, in the Star Wars universe. So I've been interested in seeing what the acolyte is going to be. Um, the cast looks incredible, and I think yeah, I'm I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. Um, we had some surprises, obviously talking about some film news as well. Um, I think the biggest one that I actually am really interested interested in is uh, James Mangold's Dawn of Jedi kind of film. I I was actually quite surprised. So this is actually going to be following the origins of um, basically the Jedi, the first ever Jedi. And I think that that's going to be very, very interesting as well. Um, and they're going to make it into like a very big, well, he compared it to like the Ten Commandments, the idea of like the epicness he's going to bring to that. And I actually think I'm actually quite excited for that. Because, um, uh, yeah, I just like, Ooh. I mean, like, I don't, I rather they not talk about the origins of the Force, but just have the origins of the Jed, the first Jedi. Yeah, and their kind of their connection to the force that basically sets up this. Um... Yeah, well, I mean, that's what sort of like why people didn't like the prequels. Now, well, one of the reasons why is that Lucas kind of kind of like got rid of the mysticism and explained yeah. like, why the force works the way it does. And yeah, I, I don't think they should go into you know explaining about the force or where it comes from. I think it'll it'll impress nobody. But do you, but, um, what do you what do you think about this film though? It's film announcement. Like, are you good? Yeah, you, yeah. But um, there was also another announcement, though, wasn't there, for a film? Uh, the whole they're bringing Ray's. Um, I was going to say Ray Skywalker. They were going to bring Ray Palpatine back. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I think that was the biggest <laughs> thing from this from a celebration that I was just like, nah, what, what yeah. is this? Like, and it literally, I think it's just Disney basically saying, look, we. I think they're trying. Is there a way trying to make up for the sequels? But I mean, I mean, Daisy Ridley is a great actress, so I, you know, don't hate the actress, hate the character. Yeah. And I think the character just wasn't it. The character wasn't one that people felt they could relate to. It wasn't a very much loved character. Um, and I think. It's kind of like her trying to basically set 15 years after the events of Rise of Skywalker and it's going to follow in uh, Rey, who's like a Jedi, Jedi master now, and she's starting her own kind of like, you know, Jedi Academy or like new kind of Jedi Order. And I feel like that's really what Luke Skywalker should have happened to Luke Skywalker, but they didn't yeah. really want to do, Let's exactly, do that. Yeah. So I just feel it's a bit like, I think out of these, because this is in like early development, I don't see this actually maybe happening. Really? You know. Well, like, I a, don't... Like, a, like a Ryan Johnson sort of like Star well, Wars film. Well, you know how many Star Wars films they've announced and then just nothing happens to them. Like that Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Do you remember that? Um, that's not, that's not happening Taika Waititi now. Like project. I'm, apparently that's still, that's still happening. Well. Um, that's still happening. But that Ryan Johnson one is not happening anymore. Yeah. Um, there's apparently supposed to be a film about um, oh, what's the oh what was it? Um, 
what's that planet that uh, Palpatine is hiding in the Skywalker? Oh, Exegol. Exegol. Yeah, apparently yeah. they're making a film about that. That's not yeah. happening now. Why though? That's, that's, I just feel that's like a dumb idea. I feel like they just. I don't know. I feel like Kathleen Kennedy is like a big Ray Day um, Ray Skywalker Ray character fan, mm-hmm. and I'm a bit like, yeah, but you, do, you know, I'm not gonna see this. I don't think this film's gonna happen. I don't know. I just. I don't. I think Dawn of the Jedi is more likely to happen than this one. Yeah. Um, and also, we've got another of another nat- film announcement. It's going to be a, a kind of Mandoverse film, which is going to be like an Avengers style. All these characters come together. Yeah, and like the Mandalorianverse sort of thing. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that's really going to finish off the man the Mandalorian show and the Mandalorian mm-hmm. arc. But I don't think that's going to happen until way way in, yeah. in the future. But like maybe like five years or so. Because mm. there's there's still a lot of stories to tell. Um, in terms of like the who were like um, Star Wars visions, like I'm really looking forward to it because like, I mean, obviously the trailers will make it all hype and stuff, but I don't know. Like I like how different each studio has made their like style, like their story that they want to tell for Star Wars. Like obviously, like I'm a really big fan of Ardman Studios, so like I'm gonna I'm gonna love like watching that. But then his other ones, well, like. Um, I think it was Laker, you know, like the studio that did sort of like, um, um, oh Christ, I think it was like Kubo and the Two Strings and stuff. Yeah, like really, really like cool, like animation style of like stop motion animation. No, Visions, really, I mean, the the vis the the first volume really surprised me. There were some yeah. episodes that weren't as great. Yeah, but yeah. it's nice seeing these different kind of <laughs> animation companies like do their own kind of like short Star Wars story. Yeah, and in a way, also, it's like it's, it's publicity. It's like you know, you're literally showing off your brand through exactly, kind yeah. of. And I think that's really, really nice. And I'm glad they bring it back for a second, a second volume. Yeah. Um, and that's coming out. I think May the fourth, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So um, no, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, no, that'd be really good, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to see some like really positive sort of like announcements, I guess. But. Mm. Um, Wait and see, I guess, for Star Wars. Yeah. Are, are there any other announcements to our celebration? Or do we, co- do we cover everything? Yeah, I think that was it. Just about it. Yeah, that was it, actually. Um, next, right, so that's a little kind of recap of Star Wars Celebration. Um, next ne- new announcement there is... Um, let me just get it up. Okay, so basically we've had so so um, HBO Max turned to Max. Um, I think on Thursday when they announced it, and um, basically it was like a huge investment thing, investors thing. So when you have these events, investments, events, it's basically they come out and they be like, "Look, this is what we're pitching and stuff like mm. that," and then they release it to the public, um, and. A lot of stuff got released. I mean, uh, we we talk we're going to talk about the Harry Potter uh, series announcement in a bit. Uh, but one of the things that was surprising was this um, Hedge Knight, a Knight of the Seven Kings Hedge Knight series, which had been announced. Um, yeah. So if anyone doesn't know about the Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, it follows um, obviously um, it's Duncan the Tall, yeah. uh, who who lived nine years before the events of Game of Thrones. 
and his squire Egg, who is a, he becomes the future king, uh, Prince Aegon Targaryen. Aegon, yeah, <laughs> a, well, Aegon. Um, and it basically published into three kind of novellas: Hedge Knight, The Sworn Sword, and The Mystery Knight. Hmm. Um, and this first series is going to be covering the first book, The Hedge Knight. Yeah, um, it's um. I, I want to say like it would be different because like it, the tone is definitely lighter than the other sort of like yeah. stories he's written. Yeah. Obviously, Game of Th- uh, you know Song of Ice and Fire is very sort of like dark in places, but then um, House of the Dragon has taken on yeah again like a very somber sort of feel. But um, no, like, this should be good. I mean, knowing HBO like the way like they're going with House of the Dragon, they probably want to maintain some tonal consistency, but. I reckon it should be lighter in tone. I reckon it should be more accessible for younger audiences. I think the, so as well. Uh, like, sort of like, it, oh sorry, and it's, really, and it's really just a journey, isn't it? It's like a journey following these it's, two characters. Yeah, yeah, it's the hero's journey, really. Yeah, yeah, you know? and, and it's it's definitely more about um, uh, the the common man's view of like Westeros and like this this like world, because um, uh, Duncan the Tall is pretty much well, his name is Dunk, but he calls himself Duncan the Tall. Um, he is like dirt poor at the start. He wants to become a knight. Like that's his dream to become like a a, a really like good knight. And he's he's not the most like intelligent of people as well. You know, he's but he's honest. You know, and he's brave, and, that, and that's all that matters, I guess. So he is pretty much like a a Forrest Gump character going through Westeros. And yeah, he, he acquires a squire who's uh he has princely origins, and yeah, it's, it should be good. It's um yeah, and their relationship is like very very great. The way like George Martin like dev- like writes it, it's um and also through them you can see the kind of like the political cultural landscape of Westeros as well. So yeah, you're going to see kind of like the near kind of end of the Targaryen dynasty. Yeah, in um in Westeros, so it's going to be really really quite interesting. I don't know if I reckon this would be coming out during the time. Like House of Dragons is going to be going on for like maybe three to four or five seasons. Yeah. So I reckon this one is going to be like like slotted in somewhere during the meantime. Um, no, I'm looking forward to it actually. No, um, I think the first season is just going to focus on the Hedge Knight, but if you make you know three seasons of the Knight of the Seven Kingdoms, I think uh, that'd be good. Uh, and I feel like I don't think there's a point where it's like they're starting really milking. The Game of Thrones franchise, yeah. Well, I mean, they well. did announce all these like projects, like um, yeah, they yeah. wanted w- one project about the sea snake, so you know, calling Stellarion. They I wanted don't something think, about ET. I wanted something. It's all over the place a bit. I don't think these those are actually going to happen. It's just like they pitch it and then they announce it, and then you just don't know what happens. Like, and all, I, I and, think they they just pitch it just so that. They get like a, um, it's like a almost a, what they sort of like a, um, oh, what do, what do they call it? It's it's almost like it's testing the waters about what people think. So you know, obviously, like they they'd announce something like you know, oh, the 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 Jon Snow sort of like successor series, and people are like, oh my god, yeah, Jon Snow, because they're like these like the yeah. sort of like you know fanboys of the show, like oh my god, yeah, Jon Snow is bringing back. So the HBO are more like, oh, it's really popular. Let's actually go with it. And then they release like absolutely stupid ideas that get you know blown out of the water because they, I don't know. I think they just 
they they just throwing shit to the wall and seeing what sticks. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think I, th- I think so, and I think George Armand being the producer, he's an executive producer for this yeah. one as well. So mm. I was going to say basically, like I, I feel sorry for those fanboys who are like, oh, George Armand like, when are you going to write that book? Finish that book, and he's just like keeps being produced, keeps getting involved in all these uh, yeah. adaptions. Yeah. Then you know you have like stuff like HBO announcing. The who were like Harry Potter stuff, yeah. So that's another thing we tied as well. Yeah. So we talk about. So basically, they announced that um, they're making a Harry Potter TV series. One of the brothers is it's going to be a reboot of the Harry Potter story adaptation, um, and each it's going to be like seven seasons, I reckon. And each oh, season is going to follow the, each book. And I'm and I'm really not happy with this because it's also it's too early. Because like, they've done it already, maybe. And know? also, it's just literally like it shows the unreality of some of these the producers yep. and executives who are just like, yeah, let's just read, like, do this. And I'm like, yeah, but you've got such a look. Hogwarts Legacy has shown that you can make a game story set not in the main Harry Potter timeline, yeah, and it mm. still be successful, okay. You know, the problem with Fantastic Beasts was it was trying to be too much like Harry Potter and it close to Harry Potter and basically that's one of the reasons why they didn't like it. But, I mean, you've got all these different timelines and, like, periods in the Harry Potter, in the Wizarding World you can explore. And I just feel like, why you just want to do a, re-pick, a reboot of this, of you know, and make it this beloved, you know, coming-of-age story that you know, I grew up with Harry Potter, you grew up with Harry Potter, it's like part of our lives, yeah. Our generation grew up with Harry Potter. Like it's like it's literally like it's it's one of the most successful franchises ever, like film franchises. And you're you and and what the last film came out what, twenty eleven? But they want to reboot yeah. it because why? Like and, and, and I could, I, could, I could definitely tell you this show is not going to um stand if it comes out and it's like, oh my god, better than the films, but I don't think it is. I don't think it will be because I don't think they can, you know, lightning never strikes twice. I don't think you can yeah. do stuff like that. Like the Harry Potter franchise is so like it's amazing how those films just became so successful and like how critically acclaimed they were. Yeah. Like yeah. what, eight films? Like and they all like people love them. Like they did so well, like, you know. And I'm yeah, I but I just, I just don't understand why they're making a TV show about it. And then there's this thing about sort of J.K. Rowling's going to be executive producer, and now people and there's and then people are going to be pissed off about that. But you know that's that's another thing. I don't want to go into that because it's all about mm. the her politics and stuff. But yeah, I'm not happy about this one at all. I kind of wish it doesn't happen. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying it out there. Do apologize for those who actually, you know, want it because I want more Harry Potter kind of like Wisdom World stories, but not Harry Potter. It's been done. No, yeah, boy, who lived has been done. Like, and the only thing this show is going to do is probably just like include some scenes that were not from the book that weren't put in the film. Like, you know, I don't think I'm I'm going to care about a scene about peeves unless you're beating it. You're going to make like if you're a diehard. Oh, he's a poltergeist. He's like the mistress oh, poltergeist right. in the Harry Potter um, right. 
books. I'm I'm He's... not like like really sweaty into like Harry Potter. No, but like... I think if you're a diehard Harry Potter book and yeah. you go and you're like I don't like the films because they didn't include this and this and this. And again, it's an mm. adaption. You can't really fit like yeah, yeah. All that. You have to make changes to make it. Accessible. And I, I yeah. but I I just I'm not happy with this. No, I I yeah. give me give me a uh, founders of Hogwarts miniseries. Uh, give me a you know a mini series about uh, Tom Riddle's time in Hogwarts. Um, give me a mini series about give me a series about the the founding of the Order of the Phoenix and the first first Wizarding War. Like give me stuff like that. Like like but they wonder is... because it's not like it's it's not accessible for like new fans uh, and like it's it's too far removed to existing fans like. But Hogwarts, the Hogwarts legacy done really well, and that yeah. was like a way. That was like set in Victorian yeah. times. Like. Well, what I mean is, like, you know, they do, they don't regard the, like these people as the same, do they? They they don't think that oh, like these gamers and people who just like sit down in seats and just watch like their crap. They don't think they're the same people. They just they, they it's insulting. They they want to show like the easiest thing to do, so they're not going to create any more like material. They're not going to consult J.K. Rowling because she's problematic. So they're just going to rehash well, the are, they are story. Sort, they are consulting them because she's been involved in this. Hmm. But it's like, if that's the case, then why don't they just make more stuff? Isn't it? Why don't they, but why are they relying on the same old story? Exactly. It's like, you know, they're going to redo Lord of the Rings. Like, why? Why? Yeah. Oh, it's just getting... It's dumb. The age of remakes has begun. It's, no, it's just like... It's really just shown originality. It's like out the door now. Yeah, well, there's there's no creativity. All of these studios are creatively bankrupt. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the creative bankrupt, and I don't think they yeah. actually are getting. It's like, or if they, or if they do create something new, it's derivative of the original. It's all down to money in a day. It's like yeah. what's just going to sell. And yeah. but I just see this show coming out and just being like, audiences are going to hate it. Because it's not, I think I've, I've, I, you know, John, this has to be a wake up call, to be honest. It's actually surprising how some people are actually looking forward to us. Like, obviously, I mean, this is me being a bit like kind of thingy, but like, I'm not saying you can't, just because I don't like it, doesn't mean you can't like it, but I've kind of wished that people did not like this. <laughs> I'll say that, like, because it's, I don't know, I'm just, don't want I don't want I don't want the show. I uh, it's and, um I think a lot of people are thinking the same. Yeah. I don't think this is like a small thing group of people that won't you know don't we're not they're small group people who, like, you know, who people... like it, who are looking forward to it. And I, I, yeah, okay, if you're like for the new generation, maybe that's fair enough, but then like the the, the films are still quite recent. Mm. Like it's you know because they're expecting people to like go crazy and it's like oh my god they're remaking it it's like no 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 like why are you remaking it and then they, what, they got they got the, literally the same logo and they got a john williams theme so it's like okay yeah you're remaking it but then you're so like so it's pure like fan baiting isn't it yeah, yeah. it is pure, but yeah but i feel like they're gonna be just using the same stuff i mean <laughs> that's the thing like uh told you anyway. they're creatively bankrupt that's the problem yeah yeah um Anyway, that's news to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's all our news for this week. Let's go talk about the, uh, the Batman 1989. Um, so Batman 1989, directed by Tim Burton, 
uh, written by Sat Ham and Warren Shakarin, uh, starring Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Bas- Basinger, or Basinger, yeah. um, Robert Wool, Pat Hingle, Bleedy Williams, and Michael Go. Goff or Go? I think it's Go. I think it's Go. Yeah. Go, yeah. Um, yeah, so actually, quick question I want to ask you is um, what's your first, earliest memory of this film? Well, it's weird because like this always played second fiddle in my mind to Batman Returns. I, I watched Batman Returns first before I ever watched Batman 89. And I do love the sort of like aesthetic that Tim Burton went for. This sort of like, you know, like the, the gothic. Gotham should be gothic. That's my I, I, my idea. Um, and say what you like about the whole, like, you know, um, Batman can't turn his head sort of thing. But it's I think it's part of the charm now. And obviously people, like, at the time... Do you, do you ever they watch that video of, like, interviewing people at the time of this release? Like, what do you think of Michael Keaton as Batman? And they're like, oh, my God, like, him? Like, why, why is he Batman, you know? But I think it's, it's pretty... Iconic. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of uh, backlash for this and that his yeah. casting because he was known to be like a comedy actor and people were like really like bat him playing Bruce Wayne Batman and uh, yeah and I think it's one of like the class examples of you know people complain and then he comes out and he's actually really really good Bruce Wayne and Batman yeah like you know it, it and obviously I think that film. This, this film really basically got him up to stardom, like because he's still in like a lot of good stuff as well, like a lot of stuff now, like really good stuff. Yeah. Um, and he's well, I mean, awesome. his his um, impact upon the the franchise must have been big because they've brought mm. him back, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so my earliest memory of this film is um, I think it was on um, TV one day. And I I grew up really more watching the Dark Knight trilogy than um, yeah. than this. Uh, but like you, I, I watched Dark Knight first and then watched Batman Begins. And basically, I I so basically I was I was you know this is Batman and the theme the Danny Elfman theme is like one of my favorite yeah. film themes ever. And I remember like when I was a kid like, picking up the Lego Batman game, um, the first one. I don't know if you ever played it, but like it yeah, always yeah. had like the, the music from this film in it, and it's just like the nostalgia. So when I was rewatching this, this film for the for the podcast, when the the theme came on, it's just like it's what the theme that hits you and brings you back to like you know the good old days of just playing Lego Batman all, all day and yeah. not having to worry about life. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I watched this and I really kind of as a kid when i watched the film i was like oh i like you know i i, I like this this is kind of like like the christopher nolan batman stuff but obviously this i realized that this christopher nolan batman's would not have would not have happened if it wasn't for this film yeah yeah and if you look at it, like this is 1989 uh superhero movies back then um i mean the only really successful one was Superman. Yeah. That uh, came out in 1978, the Christopher Reeve Superman. And then um, basically that was like the big, like, superhero franchise then, really. It was like, they made four films out of it. And they were quite light. It was mm. it was quite bright and stuff. And I mean, for yeah. Superman, you know, he is like kind of a, 
the colourful, bright and stuff. And obviously one of the criticisms of Man of Steel people had was they made basically a, a Superman dark and gritty yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I always remember like Superman, the super, early Superman films being like very bright and colourful. And then they decided to always make a uh, film about Batman. And obviously people associated Batman with the Adam West Batman. Yeah. And, you know, that, that was popular at the time because of the kind of slapstick kind of like comedy it's and stuff camp, like that. Wasn't it? Yeah. it was very camp. So, but what actually I think helped this film a lot was kind of just the tone of Batman um, kind of changed as well. Um, and The Dark Knight Returns was uh, basically published in the, in the early 80s. Uh, Batman Year One was published yeah. in the early 80s. And basically the idea was like, okay, this is like, well, Batman is like a dark character. I mean, yeah. he's somebody who loses his parents. His parents get murdered yeah. in an alley street when he's a kid. And his basically, you know, his basic basic um, purpose is to basically defeat crime and save Gotham. Yeah. And you know, and some of the, his uh, most out of people uh, characters are actually terrifying. Like, mm. and it's supposed to be dark. It's all really supposed to be like the line between vigilantism and, you know. Yeah. I, I like hero. the contrast between yeah. Superman. I like yeah. how, you know, Metropolis gets like the, the, the Boy Scout, isn't it? Like the, the yeah. all powerful Boy Scout. But then Gotham, because, you know, it's it's the it's the hero, you know, to quote like Nolan's films, like it's the hero that Gotham deserves, isn't it? Because well, like, Super- Gotham is dark. It yeah. deserves a dark night. Exactly. Dark and, and because like Superman was basically based to be like America's hero, like, you know, the superhero that symbolizes America. You yeah. could, you couldn't have Batman be that because Batman's really about the kind of if if Superman basically shows about the kind of the goodness of America, how strong a strength they are. Batman kind of symbolizes kind of its destructive nature, its poverty, its like lawlessness and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I f- I feel like obviously I, I love Batman. I think he's one. I think he is my favorite uh, superhero character, like ever. Like, um, and I'm going to call him a superhero because he's a superhero. I mean, he's a superhero. Yeah, yeah. of course he is. Um, so, so the sh- shift on Batman was idea was okay. We want to make it a bit more dark. We want to look more on the character of Batman, and um, and obviously there was a bit of like unsurety at the time because people were like the producers were like. Oh, I want. Can we just make like another campy Batman film? But it was like no, and I think it's really, and I think the kind of the eighties kind of showed us the shift as well. Um, and so they got Tim Burton. Tim Burton basically finished Be- uh, Beetlejuice, and that was his popular. That really basically kicked off his career. Beetlejuice, yeah. and they said, "Look, do you want to come in and do um, make a Batman?" And Tim Burton was. Not a big comic book reader growing up, but he was very interested in the character of Batman. Hmm. Um, and even just in the character of Gotham City. And I'll say Gotham City is a character in this in this film. Oh yeah. Um and yeah, so basically um and yeah, this film has basically showed Batman as like not as like a campy Adam West kind of Batman, you know, it actually shows him as terrifying, yeah. And like the first scene, we see Batman, and you see the two like thugs talking and stuff, and then you see him just lowering down. That's supposed to be like terrifying. Hmm. Um, and Batman is supposed to be really terrifying. Like it's supposed to be someone that like criminals fear. Yeah. And 
And I like how Burton really came across that with Batman. Um, but obviously, and also then making the character be very likable as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so obviously he made, obviously they, they basically created this kind of Gotham City. And I feel like um, uh, the Gotham design, you could, I could tell it's a reference, we could see references to the cabinet of Dr. Caligari yeah. and Met- Metropolis. And you can really tell. And it's weird, like you're watching this film and you were like, it's, it could be set in like the 1930s, the clothes and yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah. obviously there's some stuff where you're like, you don't, like, I just felt like even watching the Batman, well, it yeah, I, it's I like, it's like say, what time, li- it's, it's like timeless, to, isn't it? Timeless, yeah. 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 Where it's like some moments sort of drag you into, say, the present about, you know, say the present technologies. But I like how it's almost, yeah, as if Gotham is something ancient and primeval that it's mm. it's not it's not stuck in its ways but it's old you know it, it's yeah. a mix it's almost like the new gotham has grown out of the old gotham well i just it's, feel it's like perfect it's, it's such a good character i and the idea of gotham is like it's full of criminals it's you know it's, it's corrupt and stuff and that's stopping it from going into the modern day mm. like yeah because you see comparisons down. between yeah. metropolis and Gotham. Gotham is like so stuck in the past. It's like it's not been able to kind of cut grow from like a sinful past and yeah, the corruption that's cool. that's yeah. through it. And I and I and I like it. Um mm. but it yeah, also I, it also I like, the makes... whole, like the gothic architecture as well demands that sort of like it's almost Batman is like a gargoyle of the city. Yeah. You know, the, the gargoyles are meant to like um scare away demons, you know. Yeah. That's why they're on churches. They're meant to scare away evil spirits. So he is like the gargoyle, you know, the, the the vengeful and, spirit, and, and also the, the gothic style of like Dracula as well. You know, yes, like, yeah. so bat, bats, they bat, are. bats yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, I'm I'm fresher of seeing Renfield. I didn't tell you I saw Renfield like last night, so it's oh, like yeah. fresh in my mind. Who like, well, vampire uh, what stuff. Was, what was it like? It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny. N- yeah. Nicholas Cage was perfect as as Dracula. To be fair, oh, that's great. But um, so sort of like going on from sort of like saying Michael Keaton. What about Jack Nicholson as uh, as Jack? Is it Jack Nippier, isn't it? Uh, as um, the Joker. Yeah. So actually, quite interesting with Jack Nicholson. He they all they already originally went to him, and he was like, "No, I'm not. I don't want to do it." And then they got Robbie Williams, and then wow. they kind of used Robbie Williams. To get Jack to be like, oh, if you don't do the role, Robin Williams will get it, mm. and then Robin Williams will get it, and then Jack Nicholson came back, and basically Robin Williams was like, you know, very angry because they basically used it. Yeah, and he Jack Nicholson, so. Jack Nicholson came back. And he said, look, I, I want a good prop prop for the box office, and I want top billing. So that's why I never eat in top billing because he asked for it. Yeah, I can see the posters and stuff. He's got like Nicholson, Keith. Yeah, he's always like top billing. But I think even on uh, Wikipedia, he's the first on there. Yeah, Nick Nicholson is a was a bigger name than Bert, uh, than um, what you call it, uh, Keaton back then. Anyways, everyone knew like uh, Jack Nicholson. He was like one of the best, greatest actors of his time, hmm. and so they basically obviously wanted to have him on there. So like, it's star and, power, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Mm. And he made he made quite a lot of money on the mark on the kind of merchandise as well. Oh God, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so he knew where this yeah. film, like, it would yeah. basically so, and, and it's sell. because of um, Jack Nicholson. I, I know this from, like, I was watching a video, like, months or, like, years ago, um, who, like, Bob the Goon, he's only in the film because Jack Nicholson was, like, he was friends with um, with Tracy Walter. Yeah, that's it, yeah. So he, he's literally like, oh, you know, I, I want, like, this, I want this, like, this sidekick, this goon, you know, Bob the Goon, literally because he wanted his friend, like, to, to have a job in this film. That's, that's, that's nice. Yeah. But, like, yeah, there's, there was loads of, like, merchandise. There was even, like, toys of, like, Bob the Goon and everything. And, I mean, love, love it or hate it, it's part of the film now, isn't it? You yeah. Know? Um, My, so, Jack Nixon's Joker, I... I'm trying to make. Is he like one of your favorite portrayals of the Joker? No, 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 no. Um, I don't know whether it's because I watching Heath Ledger and then Joker, and then come back and watching Jack Nicholson's Joker. I feel like Heath Ledger's Joker is a lot more terrifying, a lot more. I don't know. I just feel like with Jack Nicholson's Joker, it's a bit like similar to like uh, Romero's okay joker and i think he does a great job but i don't i wouldn't say he's in like my he's better than obviously jow letters joker but like Mm. i watch we watching this i was just like it was a i don't know I, i i i didn't think it was great i think his performance is like good really good but the character of the joker in this is not no that's just me, maybe. I don't know. You can disagree with me. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, I kind of like how... I don't like the sort of, like, you know, origin story for him. Like, they actually give him sort of, like, this, you know, this character, you know, Jack Napier. I don't I don't like that, but I like him as the Joker. It's sort of like, you know, his chaotic evil sort of, like, interactions with people and, you know, the whole, like, acid flower and stuff. That's really cool. You know, that, yeah, that's, like, iconic. But then when, is, when he that... he brings out like the cartoonishly long gun barrel and stuff, yeah. it's funny. I like I like it. But then like moments where I yeah, most like that are funny. Yeah, but then he's also the man moments... jester character. But then there's also moments where he's just dancing, like yeah. like and then I think they gave him too much freedom to work with the character. And I feel also there are times where he just does his random stuff and you don't actually know what is like. He hasn't got like a, a an aim in this film. Like the Joker in the Dark Knight has an aim, and it's basically to like you know break Batman and send Gotham to anarchy. Yeah, with yeah. this Joker in this film, it's like his literal. Well, he has an aim, and that is like he's obsessed with Vicky Vale, and there's a bit, and it's that's it. Like he hasn't really. He's just there, and he he's obsessed with Vicky Vale, and he basically he wants to get with her. And then Batman keeps like you know getting in the way and stuff, and then he's I don't know, he's just doing this random stuff like like the whole beauty thing is like okay that's just random, and then <laughs> do you get what I mean like yeah and then and then him going into like a museum and then spraying like basically put, spraying like um, stuff on like the paintings and all that I'm just, like it's so random yeah. Um, like he, there's no purpose really, and I felt it should be. I think it could be better if that Joker had like an actual purpose. Like, but it's, it's not really. Um, he's just there, and then having yeah. him be like, 
I think making him be the one who kills Batman's parents, obviously, he shows it, it, it gives Batman aim to be like, okay, this man is, you know, I want to stop this, defeat this man. But does it make it feel like we have completely lose any sympathy for the Joker? Like, oh, he's one that actually killed Bruce Wayne's parents. So I think so they just so. want to make like this sort of like coolly e- evil character, though, isn't it? Like this irredeemable. Yeah the crown prince of crime sort of thing, isn't it? Like, we don't want to... We're not going to sort of, like, deconstruct the character at all. You know, this is an era where, oh, you know, it's just the villain is just like a cartoon-y sort of, you know, comic villain. And that's it. it yeah. Obviously, he really... becomes more deranged. But he becomes... He's evil, I, I, I guess. But he becomes more... um, in Like, evil, and he relishes being evil. You know, sort of like Emperor Palpatine. You know, like how... He he relishes in the suffering of others, I guess. Yeah, and and to him, it's like the greatest joke ever. And he, and he he doesn't care if anyone understands the joke. He loves the joke and he's enjoying it. You know, it, it's just I don't I don't feel like there's any deconstruction needed of that character. It's he is what he is. Would you say he was deranged before he went to in, into the chemicals? Because I felt like Jack uh... was kind of a bit normal. And yeah. then suddenly he just starts going like absolutely crazy. Cause... Well, I guess you know, he had that sort of like, you know, the homicidal tendencies, like kim- killing um, uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne. But then, you know, it's sort of like he's thrown over the edge. You know, like the he's forced to self self-examine. And because of the, the chemicals, maybe, you know, it just made him crazier, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't really think the uh, the writers thought about that much either. Uh, yeah, I just—he's just meant to be a foil. He—he's the complete he opposite of, yeah. of Batman, isn't he? He's a foil. So, but um, I, I, obviously, I feel like this actually happens with like you get like early kind of superhero films. They always put in like the 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 superhero's greatest villain in like the first film. Yeah, you notice yeah. that they always had like Luke's Lex Luthor in Superman one, and then what was it? The first Fantastic Four film they had. Like, oh yeah, Doctor Doom in it and stuff well, like that. Well, the so. thing is, like. Back in the day, they weren't thinking about big franchises and shared universes, no, were they? No. So they needed to have the draw, didn't they? To and and we have to realize, car, um, comic book adaptations weren't as popular, so they needed to include the characters with the most recognition. So that was Batman, and oh, are we going to go for you know one of his like outlying, you know, sort of like um, Rogue's Gallery. No, because that's asinine. Let's go with the most popular character to get bums in seats. And that character yeah. is the Joker. Yeah. Whereas now, um, due to like comic book fatigue and whatnot, um, writers are forced to use other characters, you know, where they haven't overused, like, so, you know, the, or they haven't overexposed these characters so that they can develop new ones. So yeah. You know, like the, the sort and then, of rumors, and then at the, the big, and then the big villains you kind of leave, leave le- later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, like like sort really. of the, the Thanos, like the Avengers yeah. level threats. But um, you know, sort of like in the Batman two, you know, there's rumors they're going to bring in Clayface. Like, imagine if they tried to do that back in the eighties with this, they yeah. would be laughed at, wouldn't they? Yeah, because like, yeah. people, they, I, I guarantee no one would recognize it outside of the whole comic books. Like, because obviously Clayface since then has been in, you know. I, I remember he used to be in the Batman co- um, animated series. I used to love. He was in you know, like um, the Harley Quinn um, animated series. He's had a lot of exposure as well as the other characters, you know, because popularity has increased. But back in the day, I think it would have been very stupid for someone to, you know, 
get other sort of like outlying characters. But but then again, though, they sort of do set up the idea of um, someone becoming a villain in the future in the form of Harvey Dent. Yeah, you know, B.D. Williams is Harvey Dent. Betrayed by the, the inimitable yeah. Billy D. Williams, you know, um, Lando Carissian. It's, it's, it's very cool. And I like it. He's just, he's just, a, he's just a, he didn't, he didn't need to, exp- you know, didn't, did, obviously, that's like a way of setting up that, like, oh, if the Burton verse continued, you could have seen beat the, you know, obviously Two Face actually yeah. happening. But it's nice having him there to be like, oh, you know, this is Harvey Dent. And the idea is, oh, you know what happens to him and stuff like that. But this is like the early days. And of yeah. course, he'll be in it because it is about, like, he is a main player in Gotham. And you talk about the politics and all that. So yeah. he is, you know, he's a way of him stamping out crime. It is, he is going to play a role. It's not like a someone they shoved in that's like an Easter egg or anything. Mm. Um, I wonder why they didn't go with him in the next film. Maybe he was just, you know, he wasn't well, available, no, no, I guess. No, I think, I think, well, I think they were setting him up for the third one. Uh, and then right, after okay. Batman Returns, and yeah. Batman Returns he, obviously put off yeah. Warner Brothers from bring back Burton to do another Batman film. Yeah. Uh, so that, and then they wanted to go a bit more like childish and camping. That's why Jim, um, they basically, they had, oh, let's put, Joel uh, Schumacher. Tom, yeah. And then let's put Tommy Jones as like the Two-Face because he's very, you know, popular, topical right now. So mm. that's why. Oh, um, it's like Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. What, what a, it's definitely a film. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, so yeah, so basically, I mean, Jack Napier, he is uh, basically betrayed, and he gets uh, thrown into Battle Chemicals. And he comes out as a Joker. He basically kills his boss and takes his boss's criminal empire, and then just does this wave of just craziness throughout Gotham. Um, Do you want to know who um, they were considering to cast as uh, as Batman? Oh, what was it? I think. Do you mean yeah, to, tell me? Yeah, I'm trying to remember, so, but uh, yeah, go ahead. This is this has got an attribution, but it is on Wikipedia, by the way. Um, so it includes Mel Gibson, Kevin Costner, Charlie Sheen, Tom Selleck, Bill Murray, Harrison Ford, and Dennis Quaid. Imagine um, if they had Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Oh, actually, I was thinking of um, Randy Quaid. De- Dennis Quaid would have been all right, actually. Um, Bill Murray, in my, like as Batman. Tom Selleck as Batman. What the fuck? I think um, was Tom Selleck would have been a good Thomas. I think Mel Gibson would have been quite a, a good one. Like it's so crazy. Uh, you, you you can make a very serious Mel Gibson film. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he, he, I think he can play like, you know, he's 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 amazing in Braveheart and stuff like that. Yeah. Apart from the Scottish accent, but like, um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like, I think. I sound like I, a I know. I feel like he'd be quite good as like, I, I don't know, a villain. So, some some characters, some actors can portray a good Bruce Wayne, but not a good Batman, and some of them can't portray. Portray a good Batman, mm. not a great Bruce Wayne. So, out of the current actors who've played Batman and Bruce Wayne, who do you think are like most indicative of what you just said? Well, the ones that are look are more yeah. like Batman than Bruce Wayne, yeah. um, or vice I'd, versa. 
I would say Christian Bale is a better Bruce Wayne than Batman. Mm. Um, I think. I I think Ben Affleck is a good of both. I think mm. um, as an old the, the physicality of of uh, yeah. Ben Affleck. I think yeah. yeah, and I think I think oh, what's his name? Because um, bear in mind, well, Robert we had Patterson. Um, yeah. Robert Patterson was is. I think he's good. I think he's good as both as well. I don't like the Christian Bale. It's just like he's a good. Bruce Wayne, but Batman, it's like maybe it's just the voice he does, which is it's it's not right. that yeah, it's not All that right kind now. of looking back yeah. now. Is it? I feel like that's like he's not a really great Batman, but he's a really great Bruce Wayne. Yeah, he betrays the the, the tom uh, tomboy, the um the playboy sort of aspect. Of yeah, the yeah, very exactly, well. exactly. Mm. Um, I guess so, how it's written as well. I guess yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I feel like with Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton does really well at making Bruce Wayne interesting and Batman interesting as Batman interesting. Yeah. Um, and 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 to be fair, like Batman, you know, like even Batman, like but he does the post on the voice for Batman, and that's obviously become a stamp of like every Batman actor now. So he puts on this voice, this fake yeah. voice. To make it terrifying, and I think he's, um, I think he's really, really good. And then when, <laughs> when that moment, he, he can go crazy as well. So obviously, the part where he gets absolutely mental at the Joker, <laughs> yeah. apartment. It's I mean, it's, it's quite a random thing as well. There are some really random moments in this film. You're like, okay, well, like what is go, like what is going on, you know? Um, so, but I, you know, he, I think he's a really, really good Batman. Um, but obviously, back then, like. I mean the the suit and stuff. He couldn't like move his head around unless he moved his body. So and now we watching it, you can see the moments. So it he does come a bit silly when he's looking up and his whole body has to move with him. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, but also, this Batman kills people in this film. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, he literally. Uh, so he basically um, he blows up um, Axis chemicals. And like, even though he knows there's people in there, he chucks. He literally, he literally like kills the Joker. Like he doesn't like arrest him. He's just like, no, I'm just gonna chuck him off. Um, <laughs> the thingy. It's 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 you know it's just like this is a Batman that doesn't care. But I love it how like people got upset with Ben Affleck was killing people in Batman v Superman, and then you're like, Michael Keaton's people, Batman didn't didn't kill people. Didn't... didn't look into it that much, did they? Yeah, yeah. You know, like. Uh... Nowadays, they look into everything. Like there's like people analyzing every single aspect of films, and especially like comic book films. Whereas back in the day, like he's, he's meant to be a hero. As long as he sort of saves like the, you know, the victim from the evil Joker, he, I guess he's fine, isn't it? It doesn't matter if I oh, think, I, I, you I go. Think, hang on, didn't you just kill someone? I think Nolan's Batman though was like showing that like, oh, okay, we can't, you know, make Batman more interesting. Like he can't kill people because it's part of his like, you know, um, ethos. But like, um, yeah. And then after that, then it's like, oh, you know, I mean, Rob Patterson doesn't really kill people in the Batman. Um, but that's the thing, and it's like, yeah, he beats them to death, but he doesn't kill them. Yeah, but this this, this Batman actually does, actually kills people. Um, uh, what's going to say? But no, I I I think this Batman's really really good. Um, 
Let's talk about some of these the kind of <laughs> other supporting characters. Um, Pat Ingalls, Commissioner Gordon. He's a good Commissioner Gordon, but he's just there. You know, he doesn't really do much. He's just like, he's there. And I'm glad they put more into uh, Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon in the Batman trilogy. Like, he has a lot more to do. And I feel like he plays a central yeah. role with the plot. Like, Bat well, Ingalls, Commissioner just Gordon. Want, you know, he's just the there. Like, English butler, don't they? That's all they need. No, I was on about uh, Pat Ingle as Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I mean. It's like, he's just, he's just there and he doesn't really do much. Well, you're you're on about Gordon or yeah. Alfred. Oh Christ, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I was thinking about Alfred then. Yeah, Commissioner Gordon's it. It's actually pretty good. And I feel like Michael Michael Go is good as Alfred. Like he he has, does have some really funny moments. And yeah. there is like the kind of comedy things always with Bruce Wayne and Alfred. Yeah, and I I, I do like it. Um, and he does have a lot more to do as the films go on, but I feel like in the Dark Knight series as well, Alfred has a bit more to do as well. Um, but I shouldn't be compared like this film to like a trilogy of Batman, or a trilogy of the Dark Knight. So, um, okay, Harvey Dent is there, it's kind of like you know, like oh, you know, this person, district attorney. Um, we got uh, Robert Wool as uh. Alexander Knox, so he's the basically the the reporter, um, and he's just like the typical <laughs> reporter character, yeah. you know, <laughs> journalist. Um, I, I he does yeah he does a good role. He does a really really good, good role. Um, Kim Basinger's Vicky Vale. I mean Vicky Vale. I wouldn't say she's like when I think of Batman of like love interests and characters and female characters. She's not really. Like high, but I that just doesn't come to mind straight away. Mm. Um, but yeah, she's just like a damsel in distress the whole time. Like the amount of times she just keeps screaming in this film. Like yeah. I, I am sorry, she is literally a damsel in distress. Like there's so many times he has to like rescue her and stuff. Yeah, well, it's not bad for you you saying it because no. that's the way they're written and it's no, bad exactly. writing. Yes, yeah, exactly. But I'm, you know, like. I don't think people come out of Batman saying, oh, I love Vicky Vale's character because mm. she's just there. She gets kidnapped by the Joker and then she gets rescued and it's always screaming all the time and it, it's, it does get really, really annoying. And I feel like <laughs> they got King Basinger because she started becoming really big in like, you no, know, late 80s and going to the 90s. But she's just there. She's, and I don't, it's quite weird how they really, Rush the kind of relationship with her and Bruce Wayne. Hmm. I, I love they, like, she, they go for dinner. She goes for a date in his house, and that, and then they're literally like a couple. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe they did have more, but it needed to be cut, I guess, for but, like um, pacing. But, but even the relationship stuff with Batman and and um, Bruce Wayne and Vicky Vale. I know superhero films back then they were like, okay, we need always need to have a love interest. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously Chris Reeve and Lois Lane, Superman, and then you know even like the early two thousand films like Spider Man, they're like, oh, we need to have the love interest with Spider with Peter yeah. Parker, Mary Jane Watson, and stuff like that. Like, it, and he's he's even in like superhero films now. You got oh, we need to have a love interest in this film. I feel like you don't we really need to have it. Love like some characters like you don't we really need to have a love interest and Batman's mm. that. Like, 
but but that's they thought you know back in the day that like especially like these studio execs is like, oh there needs to be a love interest or there needs to be like a very attractive like actress on screen to attract people who you know say attract couples attract like the female audience that's what they were thinking but i feel like you, you but know? back then i think now it's more like oh we should have attractive female but let them actually do something yeah well like, that's the thing yeah. like now that you know i think studios are much more aware of like yeah. oh, actually well we can't really rely on you know i was sort of like chauvinist sort of like ideals of the past because that shit doesn't the sell. relationship arc in this film i i find it's just like so out of place it's just like oh why are we going back to this now this whole relationship thing mm. like and it's all about and also bruce wayne he's very like <laughs> he's not very really careful with like trying to conceal his identity like he's literally about to Literally, he doesn't know her that long, and literally, about to open up and say, I am Batman. Yeah, yeah. He's basically like, he basically brings her back to the Batcave, and then Alfred basically lets her into the Batcave. And you're like, Oh, yeah, this is like, I think if you're like a if you're like a, a, a crime fighting, you know, crime fighting hero, and you got a secret identity, you shouldn't really be like. Telling people straight away, you know, or I'm Batman, or let them into the kid. I think that's really reckless of Bruce Wayne to do that. Um, or maybe yeah. he's, like, he's just desperate to like let someone inside, you know, and, and all that. Yeah, oh, I just felt like that kind of arc was just boring. Yeah. It was just like, like it wasn't really that like pivotal to the plot, really. Hmm. Like, so maybe it's not Tim Burton's best uh, work. Well, the relationship stuff. I mean, he does do better yeah. relationships in other films. I'll say that. Yeah. But like you know, like Corpse Bride, you know. I was I was literally like gonna say Corpse yeah, Bride, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like even even the relationship between uh, Sweeney Todd and his uh, kind of was it his wife or um, um, his partner in? I think it's yeah, like like partner in crime. I think yeah, yeah, in Sweeney Todd, Sweeney Todd Tim Burton film, like that's a really good romance arc. So Tim Burton can write good romance arcs, but in this film, it's not it's not like important. It's not like yeah. Really, but but I feel like he put it in there because the studio were like, "Oh, we need to have a relationship, like exactly, yeah. emotion, a romantic part yeah. for this, a romantic." And also, part, we need to have yeah. Vicky Vale be like the you know the partner, the love interest of Batman. Oh, how are we gonna get involved and stuff? Oh, she has to get rescued all the time. Yeah, damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah, it's just and she becomes like damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she becomes just like a character that it's like sought after by like the other men as well. Yeah. Um, because that that is like a really lazy like storytelling technique. Yeah, like if, if yeah. these characters are trying to go after her, then that that means then that it's telling the audience that this is an attractive character. It's lazy, but yeah, it's, it's what people have done. Yeah, for, like, forever. yeah, and it, and it's and it's just like she doesn't really have that kind of compared to Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. Yeah, she doesn't really have that kind of freedom or like mm. sense of her own control in this film it's always really been like told by men really hmm. um but it comes like a bit of a comedy thing where it's like oh look the batman's going after vicky vale oh the joker's going after vicky vale as well you know it becomes it it, hmm. it it does get a bit silly but yeah i think the romance i think i don't know kim basin is a good actress but i don't think we then need to be a female love interest in this film at all. Mm. 
So you like scrapped it completely, would you? I I don't really. F- well, I think they had her in there because obviously this is a very male-dominated characters, aren't they? Mm. So, like you know, you've got Batman, you've got Bruce Wayne, you've got Christian Gordon, you've got Harvey Dent, you've got Alfred. They're all male characters. Yeah. And I felt like there's so Vicky Villain there because we were like, okay, we need to actually have a female character. But I don't think she's a character that female audience members will relate to. Mm. So like, relate to. Yeah. I think that's a film. failure on the part of um yeah. on the studio. Oh well. Yeah. I mean but that's not what that's not, not what it's about though, is it? It's no, more about no. this it's the first ever like big screen outing of of the Caped Crusader. Yeah. And this film obviously showed that you can make dark superhero movies. They do they can work. Yeah. Uh, you, can't, you don't have to make them all light and colourful all the time. Mm. You can make them dark and stuff, and people, it will be successful. Like, um, And Megan, that's one of the reasons why the studio's a bit worried about Batman, because they were like, we don't want a dark Batman. Like, yeah. you know, a dark, gritty, greyish Batman. Like, Whereas now, it's just, it's you think it's like it's, intrinsic it's a, to the character, isn't it? And, and now... I and, can't and, imagine a light Batman now. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially now with um, uh, Matt Reeves's take on it, it yeah. is it is like it's pure darkness, isn't it? It's and, it's, and, it's grunge. And, and I feel like the, even with Daredevil, like mm. the show, I don't think that show would have happened if it wasn't for Batman. And I yeah. felt like I felt like a lot of the kind of the dark, gritty side of Batman came from Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Yeah, but I feel like that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for for this Batman. Yeah. Like that, the trilogy is a bit more kind of, a bit more kind of dark, realistic, dark and gritty, but it's also very realistic compared to this one. Yeah. Like, you know, you're not, in real life, you're not going to have a guy with a very, very long, long, like, pea shooter, are you? <laughs> you're not going to have a, you know, it, it's supposed to be silly. It's supposed to be fa- the fantasy element of this film yeah, as yeah. well. Like, So I think, I think the, the film benefits from that. Yeah, and and I feel and but and I feel like Nolan's wants to kind of focus on the kind of more world, real world issues and stuff. Yeah, like, this That's one why does, he was basically yeah. like like all of his equipment is like spec ops, isn't it, or like experimental technology? Yeah. Which, and all the about terrorism and stuff like that. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah, and like the, the West's position in, in in terrorism, isn't it? That's it's a discussion of that. Um, what would you say? Is basically um, basically the 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 conflict between Batman and the Joker is a fight between two disturbed people. Yeah, um, yeah. They're both insane. They have the most freedom, um, and they're not bound by the laws of society. Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah. I think that. It, I uh, mean, it it has sort of like increased over time. The who like you know oh well. Yeah, the bat the Batman is our hero, but he is like he dressed up as a bat and fights crime. That's yeah deranged. Um but he's our monster. Yeah. You know. And, he's and on the side also, of the angels. And and it? also it's like you have to create a monster to fight a monster. Yeah. So the Batman is has to become a monster to fight the real monsters. Mm. Um because you know, you couldn't have someone like that's all 
you couldn't have somebody that was like all bright and colorful to defeat like a very terrifying villain. You have to like become that terrifying to fight a terrifying villain. Yeah. Um, and and, and, it, and the idea it does like and like him being Batman brings terror to the streets of got like of the you know even the point the police are like terrified of Batman they don't know who he is like that secrecy and all that hmm. um but 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 um I was gonna say but you know you can do that like I don't think if Batman wasn't as scary in his kind of physical appearance and kind of like you know the mood he sets and it's and it's kind of like the representation of paranoia of like you know of him being this terrifying criminal crime fighter then people wouldn't be scared of him like criminals wouldn't be scared of him exactly yeah um and then but then you've got someone like the joker who is just like not really that terrified of him because he's like he's not the common criminal He's more insane than Batman. So it becomes that kind of like side of like they're both insane. So they both don't fear the, each other. Mm. And that's why the one of the reasons why the Joker becomes such a big threat to Batman was because, well, he can't scare him. Um what did you think? Yeah, so we talked about the Joker's purpose and aim. Um what do you think of the um, the noir aspect of this film. The noir. It's very the noir. You felt it's, yeah. you felt it's quite noirish, wasn't it? Like yeah, and like a mix. I I think of yeah, like of noir, like especially like detective noir of like the twenties and thirties, and that obviously links into what we said earlier about Gotham as a character being very um gothic and thirties uh, esque. Um, I, th- I think it's intrinsic. I think you can't have Batman without having this like noir um, theme and, and ethos because he is meant to be like the world's greatest detective, right? And even though some incarnations haven't really um, explored that a lot, he is still meant to be like this very like he's meant to be you know a very deductive sort of person, mm-hmm. very like sort of like rational thinking, you know, and he solves crime, you know. Sometimes he ends up like beating the shit out of the criminals, but he, you know, he does investigate the crime scenes and you know, and find like the the perpetrator. But I feel like beating up the criminals is is like to show like he is not someone to mess with. Well, he, well, if you look at the old sort of like you know detective noir, like the the hard boiled yeah. detectives, you you're, you're familiar with that term, aren't you? The sort of like, yeah, hard yeah, boy. yeah. They yeah. they were very hard men, you know. And well, they're always they're always like, not. The way they kind of get things done is not kind of what, yeah, dirty like, Harry, isn't it? Yeah, it's not what kind of society yeah. would be would, yeah. would approve, basically. Yeah, with it. yeah. You, you, you know, it's the whole sort of like he sorts the out the, cop, the sort of it? case. Yeah, yeah, he sorts out the case, and then like his superiors, like, damn it, Johnson, like, if if this happens again, you're off the case. You know, you, you know what I mean? It, it is like he's, he does things his way, and he gets results. It's it's pretty much a trope uh, by now, but it's still very people still like it. I think the whole hard boiled detective trope, and like I always come back to this. Over, I like the um, you never read like fables or anything of you. The sort of like Big yeah. Wolf, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's yeah. very similar to. He's like imagine a mix between say yeah Batman and Wolverine. It, it's it's like that, but um, 
I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a comic actually, a crossover between um, Bigby Wolf and Batman, but I'm not, I'm not too sure. Um, I think though, yeah, like this this film is very noir. And I know he's he's, he's a brooding, you know, he he has a heart of gold, but he hides it beneath um, a, a midnight like cloak. You know, inside the, he's um, good. Even the even the villains like the the henchmen and the gang mem- you know, the gangsters yeah. all look like typical like nineteen thirties looking gangsters and stuff, yeah. like with the guns and the hats, then the, the the oval coats. Um, it's very yeah. It's it's a period piece. This film, um, it's cool. Yeah, it is. It is, um, and I think it does. It does work. It brings that kind of like it is like the way home homages to these like pop nineteen thirties pop magazines. Yeah, um, the, the design of Gotham City and the Art Deco design. Um, oh God, yeah. And also the the architect is quite fascist, wouldn't you say? Like, and it's always a kind of point part where like um, Batman is kind of a fascist. Like, there's always been that kind of ah. Uh, well, that's kind of like in the the zeitgeist at the moment because of the Flash, no, the the Blue Beetle trailer. Um, I think it's like Anthony Lopez or something, like the a comedic actor says like, "Oh, Batman's a fascist," and I mean, I I kind of disagree. Um. I, I kind of think like the, in the Dark the Knight in the, in the Dark I, I Knight think, Returns they yeah. do in the in the graphic novel they do kind of portray him out to be a fascist. Hmm. Well, well, that's that's pretty much um, what Frank is it Frank Miller? Frank Miller, uh, yeah, no, the, the guy who did Watchmen. Yeah, uh, no, um, no, uh, that's different. That's um, Alan Moore. He didn't. Oh, do, Alan Moore. Um, well, Alan Moore didn't do. Um, Dark Knight Returns. Oh no, but, but Alan Moore, like his his thing is like his beef with superheroes is that he thinks that superheroes in general, if they were real, they would be fascist because they uphold the status quo, mm. and they and they do so without you know they they, they portray they project themselves as selfless, but in the at the end of the day, they're selfish, they're horrible individuals, they're power hungry. So anything like nowadays where we have, you know, stuff like uh, The Boys, Invincible, it all stemmed from Watchmen. And um, one of the characters who was sort of like satirized in Watchmen is Night Owl, who's very similar in design to uh, Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, I, I, I think he can be construed as being fascist, but I think he is an idealist. But his fanaticism in his belief will make him, you know, a zealot to his own beliefs. But I don't think it borders on fascism. I think I think personally it it doesn't do that for me. Um but coming back to the sort of like architecture of of um Batman eighty nine, I wouldn't say it's fascist. I'd say it's it's a mix between uh neo Gothic and uh Soviet brutalist. Okay. Yeah. That that's personally my thing, you know. Um you wouldn't think there's like kind of a Nazi Germany kind of um, feel to it. Well, well, I mean, I I think not um, not consciously, but I think the whole um, the whole idea of like the architecture in Metropolis was inspired by brutalist architecture, you know, sort of like the minimalist design, easy easy to construct, and it's almost like inhuman, or it's like 
it's without emotion it's, it's without soul it's 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 practical it's it's merely just practical and it works and that's it um i i, I don't know about like fascist though because when you i say think it's, of, like it's fa- more fascist i i find it's like it's neoclassical okay. not gothic would that's, you say it's kind of like a totalitarian to, 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 i love, hate saying this totalitarianism kind of yeah thing yeah. to it as well yeah because and, that's what metropolis is about yeah yeah well i also i feel like it's the buildings are so high up they're like they're like cat they're looking down on cities yeah of, yeah um, and, of and it kind of um it makes people think like they're, they're in like the the lowest reaches of the city mm. you know like whereas yeah. on top it's like the ivory towers where yeah you know the, the fat cats are looking down and laughing at like the common people yeah yeah it, it works it's um I mean, people do have discussions about you know the effectiveness of or Batman, but um, I love it in I some know, like I, depictions in in of Gotham City before. They always have like Wayne Towers, so it's always like the the tallest building. Yeah, and it's the same that like, the man who is the savior of Gotham is actually the most powerful. Yeah. Um, there's always some big question like. If people say if Bruce Wayne gave all his money to the people, would they would they stop? Will they? Would there be? Will there be no crime left? Well, I mean, he can't Gotham? do that because he needs no. to make a new Batmobile and he needs a new suit. So I, I, that, I that's pretty. You can't I give love, anybody away. I love that Batmobile in in the film. Yeah, the classic one. Yeah, I do like the tumbler. Tumbler is pretty sick. I mean, um, yeah, I like it, but it's pretty much a tank, isn't it? It's not the yeah, Batmobile. Yeah. Um, I was reading something on the Batmobile and the um, Batwing. The Batwing's really cool. Like, yeah. I'm glad they didn't like be like, okay, we're showing like the Batmobile. That's it. Yeah. Like, but they actually um, had the Batwing and stuff yeah. as well. The car, um, the designer, um, I, f- I forgot. Oh god, damn it! H.R. Gaga. It's um, it does uh, look like a massive uh, penis, doesn't it? It was an Anton first. <laughs> Uh, he wanted it to sort of like you know to have these sort of like jet aircraft components, um, and then the car itself was built upon a Chevrolet Impala. Um, I'm trying to think of like do, 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 do. okay, so first in the art department deliberately mixed clashing architectural designs to make gotham city the ugliest and bleakest metropolis imaginable metropolis being um a lowercase so it's okay. not referring to the film it's referring to an actual your know, metropolis is in a, a city okay yeah so that kind of makes sense isn't it? they wanted this oppressive yeah as we were just saying like this oppressive idea of like the, the cities looking down on the people That's very cool, actually. Um, what do you think of the designs of the Batmobile and the Batwings? Cool. I mean, Batmobile is like, it's not my favorite design, but it's very iconic. It's yeah. not the most iconic. Um, and then the Batwing, um, Batplane, as I, I, I call it. Um, <laughs> the Batplane. Do you know when it, it, like, it, it rides the clouds and then it goes in front of the moon? It is such that, a stark... that's a that does a shot for the it's soundtrack, a, isn't it? It's a, it's a beautiful shot. It oh is, my god, it's it is a beautiful shot. Yeah, I like how it just stops and it becomes. It's like, like it becomes moment. part. It becomes part of the night, doesn't it? Like yeah, 
he's he's looking down upon the city, isn't he? As as a warning, yeah, it's it's awesome, yeah. But there's almost like that inspirational aspect to it as well. No, I, I, the bat the Batman's incredible on the Batmobile. Um, I do like Ben Affleck's the Batmobile. Is I I wouldn't like. Yeah, I think you're right. The tumbler I wouldn't say is actually a Batman the Batmobile. I do like well, would you say Rob Patterson's Batman Batmobiles? The Batmobiles would you say is a bat car? I think it's more of a bat car than a Batmobile. Um I think also oh Ben Affleck's Batmobiles is is pretty really good. Um I do I do like they really kind of focused on having not just one vehicle but having two as well um i just remembered there's um princess music in this film did you notice that yeah it's just like so random it should have had prince as the joker it's like costume is halfway there already yeah it's just like it's weird because there's moments where like this literally there's like dancing to prince and i'm like <laughs> just random i don't know i don't know like i just, I don't. I've, obviously, the idea was okay. We need to have like a celebrity to kind of like. I don't yeah, know, it's, it's like an early eighties, nineties thing where it's like they always seem to be like having well, they, a they, singer in it and stuff like that. I mean, they, they, they do that now anyway, for me. Yeah, but I feel like yeah. weird in the nineties is a little bit more. That's true. I mean, like, in one of like the I forget which Batman it was, but like the one of the Joel Schumachers, they had like Seal to do um, Kiss from yeah. a Rose. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just does it. It doesn't work well, does it? It's just yeah. Like I don't, I don't see like I don't correlate to Prince with Batman. Hmm. It it doesn't doesn't work. Um, but I mean, like you know, we had whisk we had Wiz Khalifa with Fast and Furious. Actually, yeah. No, that works well. Wiz Khalifa does suit the Fast and Furious. Um, yeah, it was just seven scarish music, you know. But when I think of like Batman, I don't think of Prince. It's a bit like out, you know. It's like imagine how Michael Jackson doing music for Batman. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Sometimes it hits, and sometimes it doesn't. So, you know, yeah, read, yeah, like, it does. It Harry does. Lewis in the news for Back to the Future. It works, right? It um, does. Yeah. For this, yeah, like. It kind of ruins the sort of illusion of like Gotham City being a timeless, yeah, like, yeah, ca- a time capsule. Whereas, you know, like l- let's look at the Batman. Um, so we had um, Michael Giacchino, his phenomenal sort of like soundtrack of of this a mix between classical, but then just grunge, isn't it? Like the, the, the mm. almost like it it is is phenomenal. And then you have this where they actually have like the the OST had. Prince um, soundtracks, and you're like, uh, what do you think people, of the Daniel people pigeonhole it into the late eighties? Then, don't they? What? So. Yeah, it does. And I feel like Batman. Th- this film is like a prime example of like proper like advertising merchandise stuff. I mean, you got like Happy Meal toys and stuff oh, like God. that. And you've yeah. got you have kind of like ad like adverts with Batman dancing and stuff like that. You had the Prince that song with Prince. In it, and you know, he had adverts with a Joker in it, and it's just like it's it was very much a very commercial film, wasn't it? Yeah, back then, like I think it's too commercialized that film. Um, 
because they made it they try to make Batman returns very commercialized as well because it succeeded Batman not the first Batman actually did really well but then when they realized how dark darker as Batman turns was it kind of really put a massive like derailed the whole commercialization because you know it says in McDonald's were like we want to pull out because you know this is a kids movie apparently <sighs> but now you now you've got your one evidence is trying to like kill all his new firstborn sons and stuff you know like it's quite dark it's, it's quite a dark film batman returns like look back it's like moments where you're like oh my god like you know um well i mean it opens with like mm. um penguin's parents <laughs> trying to like drown him in the sewer yeah 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 you know so i mean it kind of makes sense that it's like dark as hell um what do you think of danny Elfman's score phenomenal i mean it's probably one of the best pieces he's ever done mm. yeah definitely how would you rank it and actually no not rank it but do you think it's the best the best batman theme or um is... i mean like Hans Zimmer for the, the Nolan stuff was pretty good. Uh, yeah, it is. And the um, I forget who does the sort of like the Batman Forever theme, but that's pretty good as well. Considering the films aren't great, the, the soundtrack's pretty good. Um, yeah. Um, so, who actually did Batman? Who, who did um, the theme for the Snyder stuff? But, uh, Hans, Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, yeah. And uh, Junkie XL. Yeah. Um... I don't, that's, I don't know, because that's quite a hard question. I, I'd say I, it's brilliant. It, it definitely keeps the tone for like this Batman. I really, I really, I really like, I think this is my favourite Batman theme. Um, mm. And I'm torn between the Hans Zimmer one for Dark Knight trilogy or the Batman theme with Gibbett, Michael Giacchino's. Yeah. I, I, I think I think it's really good because like it's like a build-up, isn't it? Yeah, it's a crescendo. It works so yeah. well, and that's and then when that's when you first see Batman in the the Batman, is that the build up? It's like it's build up the kind of the tension, the like kind of like the yeah. idea is you are like building up the fear, and it's kind of like like that music works so well because it's a build up of like oh what's that in the shadows, you know is that the Batman? What is it and stuff? Mm. And then you, you know, people start getting getting terrified. It's really, really good. And that's obviously what, you know, that monster should be, really. Something you should be terrified of. And you know, mm. go back to, again, like, the Batman is, like, a kind of a monster. To... It's a nightmare, isn't it? It's a nightmare, yeah. 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 Um, you know, the idea of the Dark Knight. You know, um, I, I don't think this film has, like... Uh... I don't think it's remembered all that well for like how good it actually is. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. And I know it's I not think, perfect. We've discussed no. its flaws, but it's definitely really like good. I think because the like the kind of the dark, kind of gritty superhero kind of subgenre has kind of been developed so many times that it is Batman, the first one, is kind of forgetful for that. Hmm. It's like some you know, like I don't. It's like people don't really talk about much about the super, the Christopher Reeve Superman film. It's maybe because of like, there's been so much different kind of versions of superhero and comic book adaptions. Yeah, different ways. So, so of, much, like, isn't it? So it's quite hard you know, to remember about like how important this film, how 
the impact the film did mm. back then, as the same as the Chris Reeve Superman film did. Well, I don't, I don't think it's like people don't like... refer to it like you know it's it's forgotten. I just think it, because if if there's more substance to a topic, then to each subtopic within that topic, there's less time devoted to each. So obviously, yeah. you know, because there's you know. Bloody hell! There's like thirty over like nearly forty years between now and like this film. The discussions has increased, doesn't it? So, but people still remember this film. You and there's still there's a nostalgic feeling for this film. People have grown up. Some people haven't grown up with the Dark Knight trilogy. Some people grew up with with yeah. you know the the Batman uh, quadrilogy of the of the nineties. Yeah, some people have grown up now with the Batman. So. And you could see that, like, but they brought back Michael Keaton, and and in the trailers, like, people <laughs> loved the the look of Michael Keaton, like, you know, yeah, bat the rich, the OG bat. Well, Adam West, the OG Batman, but like, like the OG, like the Dark Knight. Well, he, he was the feature film OG, yeah. wasn't he? You know, yeah. And uh, to be honest, like, who actually looks fondly on Adam West? Like, Adam <laughs> West was like, it's he's a he's a very fun actor, but come on, like. It's just camp. It's too camp for some good. You know they wanted Adam West to play Thomas Wayne in this film. That would have been quite good. Yeah, but he turned it down. Um, also, do you know that uh, Porkins is in this film as well? Porkins? Yeah. What, you mean uh, the pilot from Star Wars? Yeah, yeah. It's um, What? He's the, he's, the, he's the dirty cop. He's the... Um, oh, my God. The attorney Max Eckhart. So he's the one that's work that works with um Jack Napier. And he's the one that's sent by Jack Napier's boss to to kill him. Yeah, he's oh, cool. um yeah, and he's also um he was Paul Kings in um Star Wars. Um he was so major bad. he was major Eaton, so he was one of the kind of the agents that met with Indiana Jones. Oh, the first star. Yeah. He's the one that says. I think he says the one he says top men. Mm. Um, he's been the, he's been other stuff as well. He's been. I mean, those crazy, ones right? By, and but he was let's, say, let's say well. he's had like such a, an illustrious career, and he's just known for playing the fat rebel pilot in Star Wars. Like a whole to be fair, condensed to, down to that. To be fair, like you know, like that's a lot of some. You could tell that was a lot of other actors as well being Star yeah. Wars. They're not, not the well-known ones, but you know, it's like, oh, that guy played this in Star Wars. Mm. Like Billy D. Williams, like people always remember Billy D. Williams from basically Star Wars, even yeah, and other stuff as well. Like you're not gonna think of Batman. When you think of B.D. Williams, obviously right now we are, but like you know, yeah, because we're we're on the topic, aren't we? And we've done like research, it, it, yeah. it's a good pub question. It's like you know, name me a film. Yeah, that no, that's Williams good, isn't it? In, but it's not in that's not Star Wars, and no, a lot like, of people were not. No. I know, I know, it's a bit of like cheating, but like who played Two Face in the Tim Burton Batman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah the legacy of this film is incredible, and um, it really kind of sets up. It's kind of like what this. And I mean, obviously, the, I mean, the Gotham in the Dark Knight trilogy is like maybe more kind of like I say, like more more modern kind of like skyscraper city. Well, but... it's just meant to be like vague Eastern seaboard mm. city. 
Mm. You know, like, yeah. Like oh, oh, like is it Chicago? Like is it New York? Is it Atlanta? Like it could be either one of them. Yeah, but you know, landscape in the Batman, landscape of Gotham in the Arkham games, the landscape yeah. of Gotham in the Gotham show. Mm. It's it's cool, isn't it? It's all it, rela- cool. it all comes it all is relates it all references and carries on from the landscape that of Gotham in this film. So I think Batman is probably the most important Batman film in terms of legacy and like resetting up the characters, not just a campy, but campy, busy fighter, but bring it back to his roots as like a tortured man, um, an orphan who basically is, uh, you know, fighting crime in a very dark, dark world. It's like revenge, really, as to yeah. like revenge his fat, his parents' deaths, and basically bring the city, you know, basically bring the city out from sin and corruption and criminality. Mm. Um, and and uh, you know, I, I I feel like people, I feel like people should remember this film a lot more. Um, but obviously, time, you know, and so, and we live in a world where there's so many different versions of like this kind of super version of this of a superhero characters. But it's quite easy to forget. Um, but yeah, um, have you got any other final thoughts on Batman? Uh, I wonder how like they'll change it for the Flash. I guess because I mean I want to be distracted from the fact that Ezra Bloody Miller's in it. It's gonna interest. It's gonna be interesting. Like it's it's definitely gonna be like an older aged Batman. Yeah, I wonder if um, they're gonna get him to like live on a uh, an island. And drink some alien blue titty milk or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, imagine that. Bloody hell. Oh, oh, you have to remind me of that scene. Oh, God. Um, imagine, like, and it'd be interesting to see what happens with, with Gotham, like, uh, in that universe as well. Oh, like, yeah, because Goth- you're going to go to Gotham, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, Gotham in the, in that kind of, the Burton versus, let's call it. But no, yeah, I wonder um, if they'll make it a little bit more modern. Yeah, exactly. Or is this going to be set in this kind of timeless kind of, you know, landscape, urban landscape? Let's, um, yeah. So and so, what? How would you rate um, this film? Well, what would you rate this film? Uh, eight. Nate. Yeah, yeah, pretty I'm good. A, I'm gonna give it an eight as well. There are moments where I didn't enjoy it. I think the character of the Joker, the performance is absolutely great by Jack Nicholson, but yeah. the character of the Joker isn't really great. I don't like the character of Vicky Vale. Um but it's such an I think Kate Keaton's is a very great Batman. Burton's direction is really, really good. And you know, the importance of this film in terms of the, the how it really shaped the superhero cinema um is you know is is it's really really um it's great as well yeah um yeah seminal um, isn't it seminal yeah that's it yeah so uh yeah have you got any final thoughts no other than yeah i i enjoyed it again it was never like my first um entry into the michael keaton Batman no, because of Batman no. Returns, but well, uh, to be fair, it's it still was very, very good. It, it was like, and also us, we like 
growing up, we would watch the current version rather than the one before we were yeah. born, we? you know, yeah. like. Well, I, I was I was really into the the Joel Schumacher stuff, you know, as a kid. I didn't yeah. I didn't really fully appreciate like the, then, the shittiness of like some aspects of them. So and now and now yeah. and now do you still feel that now after being a, oh you know, god a film critic on podcast? Well, um, <laughs> uh, well you know, it's like uh, now you you appreciate you know like the actual like the good stuff, mm. the meat and potatoes of Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. All right. No, that's our episode of, of Batman. And then we will return to the Batman, Burtonverse with Batman Returns. Um, I'm going to do quite a lot of that. Um, <laughs> let's return to Batman Returns. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Um, next week, we are going to be reviewing The Mandalorian Season 3. It, the final comes out on Wednesday. Uh, got a lot of thoughts to talk about that as well. And then the week after that, uh, we'll be reviewing Batman Returns. Um, and uh, yeah, so basically, if you guys if you guys enjoyed this film, let us know your thoughts and comments. Do you agree with some of our kind of uh, our, our kind of top, you know, our kind of viewpoints of like certain stuff? Yeah, please let us know. Uh, yeah, you can basically follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and email us. And also, you can follow us on uh, the main platforms, um, Spotify, Spotify pod- podcasters. Um, I don't know you can't. It's not the thing. I don't think it is a thing anymore. Spotify podcast. No, that's only for uh, that's only mm. for um, just past podcasters for us. I think. Uh, yeah. So obviously, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, uh, Overcast, where you. Radio, um, public podcasts, iHeartRadio, and yeah, I think that's it. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody for listening. I uh, hope you all have a very, very good uh, week ahead. And um, Welsh, I want to finish off with uh, asking you a question on this podcast. Right. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? Well, that wraps up another episode of the Hoffy Coffee Cast. But before we end, me and Reese want to thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to like, follow, share and review. In addition to tell your friends, family and fellow nerds and coffee lovers about our content. We both enjoyed talking about these topics. And with your help, we can strive to be bigger and better and bring out much more to our fans and listeners. I'm your host, Reese Bolton. And I'm your host, Reese Jones. And we'll see you on the next Hoffee Coffee Cast. Take care and goodbye. Bye.